Hey there, everyone. Welcome back to the Betting Pros NFL podcast brought to you by BetMGM. I'm your host, Dan Harris. You can find me on Twitter at DanHarris80. It is time to break down some of our favorite and least favorite bets for the Week 9 NFL slate. And with me to talk about it all is Rich Ryan, host of the Gridiron Gamble podcast. You can find Rich on Twitter at Rich T. Ryan. Rich, you and I spoke all the way back in Week 4, I believe, so it's been a while. How you doing? Doing great. We're here on the eve of Halloween, one of the most fun holidays here in the United States, where even adults get to dress up in costumes and walk around the neighborhood. And do you get dressed up, Rich? I, That's I, what I think the listeners want to know. Unfortunately, I do not. I don't work in a traditional environment anywhere uh, anymore, where I go into an office and there might be like an office party. I I work remotely and with a small team, so unfortunately, I don't have that avenue with which to have a Halloween party. But I definitely am yearning to be a child again and get dressed up. So, Do you have children of your own, Rich? I do not, not yet. So let me just give you a very quick preview before we get into the show of what I'm your life is going to be like at some point. Um, your Halloween will no longer be dominated by like, oh, do I wear a costume or not? Your Halloween will be dominated by the forecast says it's supposed to rain. Is our small suburban town going to cancel trick-or-treating <laughs> entirely because of the rain, or is it not, and how are we supposed to deal with that? That is what I have been dealing with for the last four hours so and doesn't halloween now lucky. have like a set time like yes this is when trick-or-treating happens from like 5 6 to 7 30 5, 5 to, to 7 30 that's a narrow window to get candy it, it really is and if you ring a bell before them they will yell at you and say it has not started yet even no matter how cute how cute your kids look so anyway we could talk about halloween forever but i think people probably want to hear about some gambling advice so let's do that um before we get into it okay let's do some full disclosure as always I missed hard on the Panthers getting six from uh, the 49ers last week. And I missed not as hard, but still hard on the Chiefs getting three and a half from the Packers last week. I did hit on the Bears and the Chargers under 40, as well as Deontay Johnson over 75 receiving yards at plus 190. I think that's the fourth straight game that I hit on my top prop. So I'm going to get a little bolder. Uh, this week. Now, our guest, Ian McMillan, had a good week hitting on the Eagles plus one and a half against the Bills and the Broncos getting five and a half from the Colts, as well as his top prop of Aaron Jones over 75 yards, which he basically doubled. His only miss was the Jets and Jaguars under 41. And as a Jets fan, I will take full responsibility for that. So not the worst week overall, but we can do better, Rich. Now, you're going to hear us make a few picks on the show. But if you want to see more of my picks or more of any sports betting experts picks, just go to bettingpros.com. You can see who's picking any game. You'll see experts giving notes on their picks. You can see how only the most accurate experts are picking. Basically, it does all the work for you. Also, Rich and I are going to be using the bettingpros.com consensus odds, which are the aggregate odds available in the market. So as always, we're going to get started with pick six, where both Rich and I are going to give three of our favorite bets for this weekend, either against the spread or on the over-under. All right, Rich, I've talked enough. Start us off. What do you got? Let's start in the Northeast with a team that uh, your guest Ian faded last week, and I guess we're fading them again. Uh, I've got Washington plus 10 against those pesky Bills, and this is a great number if you can get it at 10. I am seeing it across the board on the betting pros uh, against the spread portal, but 9.5 elsewhere. So if you can get 10, uh, I suggest you run, don't walk to the window to take this number. Uh, games like this are very interesting when there is a high spread and a low total. In fact, this decade, uh, when the total is below 40, 
uh, and the dog is getting between 10 and 14 points. They're covering at a 59% clip, and it makes sense. If you've got two really grindy teams that are supposed to play a low-scoring game, how do you expect one team to get out ahead and extend the lead enough to cover such a large number? In addition to that, I mean, if you squint, are these teams that much different? The Bills are definitely more talented, but Football Outsiders has these two teams extremely close in overall efficiency. The Bills at 25th uh, and the Washington around there as well. And the Washington football team, they're bad, of course, but they're a professional team. If you look at that Vikings game, they didn't lay down like the Bengals or the Dolphins. They competed the entire game. Bill Callahan wants to run the ball, which is great in a scenario like this because it limits the amount of possessions. It limits the amount of opportunities for the Bills to get the ball and score. So this is just way too many points for a Bills team that doesn't stretch the field vertically and kind of wants to play a grindy, low-pace, low-scoring game. So give me the Washington professional football team getting 10 points. All right, so here's what I'm going to say about it. I, you make a You're great gonna point. You're going to say Dwayne Haskins. That That is exactly <laughs> what I'm going to say. Okay, so first of all, I, and correct me if I'm wrong, I've had a busy day, so I have not seen it yet. Last I saw, Keenum was still in the concussion protocol. Do you have any update on that? Is he out of it yet? I have not seen it because he had no, not he's practiced. No, st- still, still in the protocol. And when they're in the protocol, they're listed as at practice, but in a limited fashion, but still in the protocol. If Haskins plays... Am I a little queasy about this? Absolutely. But in the two games we've seen Haskins play, to be fair to the Rook, it's been in relief, right? He's been taking secondary snaps and being thrown into a game uh, while it's in action, right? Mm-hmm. We, would, we would hope for a better performance against the Giants. That secondary is a mess. But with a full week of practice, look, I'm not telling you Dwayne Haskins is going to come out here and be Tom Brady, right? But... I think what's the difference between him and Case Keenum? Can it be that large? Is that even possible? I don't think so. I do. I really do. Like I <laughs> honestly look, I first of all, I, I'll I'll put it like this. If it's Keenum, I love the bet. I, I completely agree. I mean the total it's thirty seven. I, I mean you're right. How many points do you exactly expect the Bills to score? I mean, that's a you know, a twenty three and a half, thirteen and a half you know, implied total over there. I, I don't see that. I agree. The, and the one thing with the Redskins is they have a decent defense, you know, especially their their front seven, um, you know, and it's not like Josh Allen's able to pass all over everybody because he's incredibly inaccurate. So I agree. I don't really see them putting up a ton of points. And the Redskins, when Keenum has been in there, have at least been able to be competent offensively. But I have to be honest, I, you make a fair point. Both games, Haskins was in relief. But the whole point of bringing him in relief in that Giants game was to be like, here's a layup for you, dude. And he, to me, just looks not in any way ready whatsoever. I mean, against the Vikings, I get it. Of course, they're a good defense, but he was, you know, the the overthrow to McLaurin just really, you know, killed me when I watched it because it's just, you know, his elbow, they were talking about his elbow so low, everything's sort of flying up. So if he gets the start, and it's the reason why I would not feel comfortable taking it yet. I mean, you seem to think that the difference between Haskins and Keenum is essentially not negligible, but minor. Um, for me, that is uh, something that I think that I would be hesitant to take it. If Keenum starts, I want to make it clear. I really like it. So if you get well, good news on that. Do, but we, for think me, book, do I, we think books would give themselves this much liability if they think there is that much of a difference, though? Because absolutely the, not. Absolutely the, not. The, 100% the, correct. 
Yeah, the Bills are getting most of the tickets and most of the money right now. And if they think there's that much of a liability of Haskins being quarterback and this number they think would go up, then I don't think they'd list a number at all. So for, for them to be bold enough to hang this number and say, whatever, go bet the Bills, that gives me confidence in taking Washington. That's a really good point because, again, the Vikings and – the Chiefs have basically been off the board the whole week, at least yes. from what I can tell, right? Because you don't know whether or not Mahomes is going to play, and that makes a big difference. So I think that that's a fair point, whether or not they think they feel confident that Keenum is going to play or whether or not they think that the downgrade isn't that much. But either way, I, I have no problem with it uh, because I do think Keenum's going to play at this point. Personally, I'm not making my pick. I'm bettingbros.com <laughs> um, until I know who's starting at quarterback. But I'm a little hesitant and maybe a little jaded by the fact that I was, you know, closely watching that Thursday night game and horrified at, at what I saw. But he has obviously been taking um, a lot of reps this week, at least. And he's had, you know, 10 days, I'm sure, to get more familiar with everything. So, uh, okay, Washington plus 10. I'll, I'll go there. I'm going to take uh, an equally, you know, boring game. Uh, and I'm going to take the Jets and the Dolphins over... 41 and a half so these are two teams that are both complete disasters at the moment the Jets have done almost nothing offensively the last two games but the real reason is just that Sam Darnold is getting his butt kicked non-stop the Jets offensive line is a complete disaster so when you put them up against the Patriots strong defensive line they're all over him the Jaguars sacked him eight times and again that's kind of what you expect from those teams the Pats are first in the league in sacks the Jaguars are third of course buoyed by a little bit of what they did against the Jets, but that's not going to be the case with the Dolphins. They have just nine sacks on the season. That's second worst in the league, tied with the Jets, incidentally. Um, they rarely get pressure, and you've seen the Jets look competent offensively, at least against the Cowboys. You're going to see it again here. Le'Veon Bell is going to have a big game. Robbie Anderson is going to have a big game with Xavier Howard now on IR, which was like the one guy in the secondary, even though he was not playing particularly well this year, the one guy in the secondary once they got rid of Minka Fitzpatrick that you feared. Uh, Sam Darnold is playing through a thumb sprain, but it is his left hand. I think he's going to be fine. He's fully practicing. So I think the Jets are going to put up points here, and I think so are the Dolphins. The offense looks kind of competent with Fitz back out there, which he's already been named the starter. Uh, like the Dolphins, as I said, the Jets get absolutely no pressure. Just nine sacks, and now they're down Leonard Williams. C.J. Mosley is probably going to miss the rest of the season. He's obviously not going to play in this game. The secondary outside of Jamal Adams is not great, and Adams is in full drama mode. He basically you know, is angry at the prospect of getting traded. He refused a meeting with the GM right now, so who even knows you know, what is going to happen with him this weekend. But either way, in the end, it's too really terrible defenses and two offenses that have enough playmakers to move the ball so for me the over at 41 and a half is my favorite bet of the weekend this is great and not only are the raw sacks really low for the dolphins the advanced metrics absolutely hate them as well 25th in dvoa pass rushing 32nd over on pro football focus and that is the weakness on this jets offense you know uh, think of think think what you want about darnold but the kid can throw the ball. And these weapons are a little bit frisky. Uh, Jamison Crowder is a guy that can work himself open. Uh, if Chris Herndon comes back, he's going to be a nice threat alongside Ryan Griffin, who's been just more than a warm body running routes for this Jets offense. And on the other side of the ball, uh, on the Gridiron Gamble podcast, we like to refer to Fitzpatrick as Fitzpowder keg because the keg can blow at any time. And there is certainly a defensive touchdown to be had <laughs> in this game if Keg is just throwing the ball all over the field against a very 
very aggressive Greg Williams defense. So yeah, I I definitely like the over in this spot, uh, especially if we can luck into one of those defensive touchdowns. By and don't game. don't forget, I mean, you know, as it, it's a great nickname for Fitz, but he can move the ball. I mean, they they scored on their opening two drives um, against the Steelers. Uh, Pretty pretty easily, uh, you know, Fitz was moving down the field. And don't forget the narrative. This is one of what's, you know, I don't know how many revenge games Fitz can have at <laughs> this point. Right? Games. Yeah, it's got to be something. So I agree. I think both teams are, are really going to put up some points here. Um, and I, I think it's going to hit this over pretty, pretty well. So I, I feel good about this one. It's my number one bet. All right, let's move on to your second pick. What do you have? All right, if we didn't like Dwayne Haskins putting real money on him, Let's get a little uglier and select the Chicago Bears plus five traveling to Philadelphia to play the Eagles. To me, and my my third game will be uh, like this as well. This is very much a pure market play. This was a three and a half point look ahead line. Preseason, this line was three. I don't know what the difference is really between these two teams other than the fact that the Bears have been embarrassed two straight weeks at home and everybody thinks they're horrific and their stock is plummeting and the Eagles uh, went to Buffalo and poured 30 on a team that uh, previous to that game only had one loss. Philadelphia's lows have been very low this season. They lost to the Falcons. They lost to six-point favorites at home to the Lions. Even when they beat up on our stinky Jets, they only had four and a half yards per play in that game. So this is a stock high, stock low spot where I really think that we can take the Bears. And just looking at the the football analysis as well, Jason Peters not playing today. He's not uh, practicing today, excuse me, on Wednesday. He's not played the last couple of games. And Andre Dillard, who they drafted as a luxury to be a backup left tackle, has really struggled. struggled. Now he's going to have Khalil Mack lining up right in front of him. Uh, Even a double team is going to make that life hell for the rookie on the left-hand side. So give me the Bears, get right spot on the road, a bad secondary to get Trubisky going a little bit, Matt Nagy scheming some things up. I just think this is a point, maybe a point and a half too high. All right, so I, I don't mind it whatsoever, and it did move. You're right, even at the beginning of the week, I think it was three and a half or something like that. So it's it's been recent, and again, a lot of it is from this weekend. But, you know, other than that last maybe sentence or two, that you threw in there, there's very little about the Bears' offense going on. Do you think that they're going to be able to put a point on? The, I know the Eagles' secondary is horrendous, um, but their run defense is good. And you know, David Montgomery, he was kind of the guy last week. They finally went to him, so I, I get completely about the Eagles having trouble scoring necessarily. But do you think the Bears are going to be able to put up points here? I think they'll be able to do enough. I trust Nagy enough coming from that Reed coaching tree to scheme up things against. Uh, an Eagle secondary that is really, really struggling to cover. And Nigel Bradham, you can add to that injury report mm-hmm. as well. He's a very good uh, linebacker for Philadelphia. So, I mean, what, do we need to get to 17, 20 points here to yeah. to secure a cover? I, I, I think Nagy and those guys can do it. I mean, this Eagles team has been – they're kind of the yo-yo team this year, right? You, you kind of want to fade them after they've looked great and bet on them after they've looked terrible right. because – the opposite is coming, and I think this is a week we can almost take advantage of that. Yeah, look, I, I don't hate it, and it kind of leads into my next pick, which I was going to wait till three, but I'll move it now since it goes nicely into our narrative. Uh, the line has moved on this one. Like I, we were talking about right before I said, oh, the line moved on, on one of the games that I had right before 
I had this pick, but uh, I'm still going to go with it. And that is the same game that you picked, which is the Bears and Eagles. And I'm going with under 42. It was under 43 when I first picked it. Um, A lot of what you said makes sense, except for the fact that I don't really see either team necessarily being able to put up a ton of points. Deshaun Jackson is potentially back this week. That screws up the narrative a tiny bit because I do think he makes kind of a big difference in uh, that offense for the Eagles. But again, I really do think that this sets up well for the unders just in the way that both these teams play. The Eagles, you've talked about them, but in particular, they're like the worst first half team in the game today. I mean, remember, they started the season by being down 20 to 7 against Washington. They fell behind significantly against both the Lions you just mentioned and the Vikings. For whatever reason, they cannot get going early. They've been behind at halftime in five of their eight games. They're one of the worst teams in the league in terms of first quarter and first half point differential. I don't really have the reason for it other than I think that they're really just not a very good football team right now and then they play with their hair on fire in the comeback mode so they can just get some points out of there but otherwise they just struggle and on the offensive side of the ball things just they just look disjointed right I mean Zach Ertz hasn't gotten the ball enough the offensive line's a disaster as you mentioned they're finally leaning on the running game and that's working a a little bit more but it's not really you know Miles Sanders is, is banged up a little bit with the shoulder he should play but again I don't expect them to be able to you know have however whatever four rushing touchdowns or three rushing touchdowns like they had uh last game against the bills and on the defensive side again the secondary has been decimated by injuries all year long jalen mills ronald darby avante maddox they've all missed time and again they can stop the run but not really the pass but that's probably a pretty good recipe for the under because unlike you i have a little less faith i think in the bears offense i mean mitchell trubisky to me i've watched him closely um Everything is bad. He's just taking a giant sort of leap backwards. There was all these whispers in the preseason about how he just looked like he had regressed, and I didn't really buy it. But, you know, whatever it is, he's been inaccurate. He doesn't look confident. The play calling in Matt Nagy, you know, you you mentioned it as a positive. I don't know. It it almost seems designed not to maximize the Bears' strengths at this point. And, again, you know, the the one thing that they have going right now, I mean, Allen Robinson's playing great, but – David Montgomery, last game, he looked great. They ran it a ton, but that's really where the Eagles sort of set up shop. So in the end, I just don't really think that all of a sudden the Eagles are suddenly going to magically fix their slow starts. Um, And in the end, I don't think they're going to need to really come charging in the second half like they have been and put up all those points that they usually do because I don't see the Bears getting out to a big lead and I get the last game was 11-7 against the Bills and then the Eagles wound up putting up 20 points in the second half but a lot of that was fluky I don't really think as you said they're up and then they're immediately down so I I don't really expect to see that this week I expect a low close scoring game which is why I don't in any way hate the Bears getting five because I think once you're past the key number of three frankly I feel a little more confident in the Bears so for me even though I liked it at 43, which is when I originally said I was going to take it, I will take it at the Bears-Eagles under 42. Well, your thoughts, they, they brought down the action, you know, your, your sharp <laughs> thoughts, moving markets. 
<laughs> right. I mean, I, I, I figured, you know, the Bears are usually a pretty good underplay just because they put up so few points. And the defense gets a little bit of a bad rap right now. I mean, their run defense is clearly weaker without Akeem Hicks. OK, there's no denying that. But it's still overall a, a, a relatively strong defense. I mean, go be a Jets fan for a day and then figure out, you know, what it's like to, to watch an actual mediocre team. So yes. for me, um, you know, I think in the end it's going to be a close scoring game. I agree with you that the Eagles, just when they're up, that's when you kind of bet against them. So for me, I think it's much more betting against the offense. And I think it's just going to kind of be a, a, you know, a hard hit game that's going to be relatively close. All right, let's move on to your third pick. What do you got? Another market play for me. Raiders minus two over the Lions. To me, these are two average teams that have a little bit of upside. Just hang three in this game and let it sit. But the Raiders are just getting no love from the market despite covering three out of their last four games. And if you look at that Packers game, that uh, Derek Carr almost called him David. Almost called him David. But I Don't do it. There. Don't do it. <laughs> that Derek Carr fumble touchback was really a game changer in a game where the Raiders were competitive. It was kind of a fake blowout uh, for the Packers. Again, DVOA has these two teams close. Lions 14th in overall efficiency. Raiders right there in 17th. And this is a great homecoming for a team that's been on the road since September 15th. That's 49 days come Sunday. Their only quote-unquote home game was played in North London at Tottenham Stadium. Come on, you Spurs. Big game against Everton this weekend. This this is defense sold separately, too. Both teams... <laughs> In the bottom third, Lions fifth in pass uh, efficiency according to DVOA, Raiders sixth, and we've got some real problems here in this Lions secondary. They traded away Quandre Driggs. Thankfully, uh, Darius Slay's back at practice today on Wednesday, but Tracy Walker, uh, the safe, the, the the second safety, uh, went out with an injury to his knee uh, against the Giants. Did not practice today, so they might be be out without Diggs, without Walker, and a limping. Darius Slay, uh, so points galore in this game, and just give me the home team giving less than a field goal in the spot. Yeah, I think I would say that I don't love it, but I like it in this one. Um, I think the Raiders, and I'll be fully honest, when I first saw this line uh, on Monday, which actually was uh, less than it is now, I think it was maybe minus one, it surprised me a little bit, and that is me really just not giving the Raiders enough credit for what they are. I, I took them in that game against the Packers. I don't remember if that was one of my picks, but I think they were getting you know four and a half by the end because a lot of sharp money came in on the Raiders. And yeah, they got blown out, but they really shouldn't have. It was that fumble. And it, they were in the red zone a couple of other times and turned it over. So that game could have been a lot closer than it was. Their offensive line is playing extremely well. Josh Jacobs is doing good things. And again, you know, now that Tyrell Williams is back, it gives Carr another option after um, Darren Waller out there. So, yeah, with all with the uh, the Lions, who I also feel like generally have been underrated. I mean, they didn't cover against the Giants, though. I agree. You know, their their defense is just, you know, beat up a little bit. If Slate plays, that, that certainly helps them. But in the end, I really don't hate it. I don't know whether or not I, I'll be able to pick it. If I had to choose a side, though, I would choose the Raiders. So I definitely talk, don't hate it. talk about the O-line real quick. Trent Brown came back last week after an injury, immediately graded as an 83.7 on PFF. And last week was the first time since preseason all five slated starters played on the offensive line. They were the highest rated they've been all season, 86 in pass blocking per PFF. So this is a well-coached, 
well-executing unit right now that is the healthiest it's been all season. So I think this is the best value you might get on this Raiders team all season. Yeah, and again, I have no problems with the offense. It's much more about the defense, um, which I think, again, the Lions, they do have no, they're just completely abandoning, pretending to try to run the ball. You know, they at least tried with Kerryon Johnson in there, but they're just kind of giving that up right now and going with the smorgasbord of, you know, whoever they've got in there with Trey Carson and and Ty Johnson, and it's not really going to work. So they are just going to be passing, which is fine, but you make them one-dimensional and, you know, the uh, the Raiders should at least be able to hang with them. So I don't mind it um, considering their home, uh, you know, giving less than a field goal. Let's move on to my final pick, which is the Colts laying one to the Steelers in Pittsburgh. Uh, I didn't get this line when it opened. I don't get it now. I will not get it tomorrow. Um, I think the Steelers' defense is solid. It's not spectacular, but it's very solid, particularly since they added Minka Fitzpatrick. They get a ton of interceptions and sacks, but... You can throw on them, as Fitzpatrick showed pretty easily, that you can put up points against them right at the outset on Mondays on Monday night. Um, the Colts' passing offense, you know, it's been generally good. Jacoby Brissett has fit in well for Andrew Luck. It's a little bit of a mixed bag generally, but for the most part, the passing game has been working. And they're also the Steelers. I'll give them that they're also, in addition to good against the pass, they're good against the run. All right, they hold opposing teams to a really low yards per carry. Average, but the Colts have won the best offensive lines in the league. Marlon Mack has run really well. I don't expect them to get shut down here. But the problem with the Steelers is really, for me, their offense. It's not at all impressive under Mason Rudolph. He's been extremely subpar. He doesn't push the ball downfield enough. He struggled, for the most part, uh, against the Dolphins. He was largely bailed out by Juju Smith-Schuster making leaping catches and some ridiculous defensive decisions that you know freed up Deontay Johnson on a third and 20 when the Dolphins called the blitz. The Steelers rank near the bottom of the league in passing, and their run game is good, but they're really banged up. Connor has a shoulder injury. Benny Snell injured his knee. Jalen Samuels is just coming back off the knee injury. Meanwhile, the Colts' defense is very solid on both sides of the ball. They get pressure on the quarterback consistently. They've got 19 sacks on the year, and the Steelers are good at protecting Rudolph, but I imagine there's going to be some happy feet, and the Colts are also solid against the run. Their overall numbers are a little misleading because they've been without Darius Leonard for a few games, but they've allowed just 83 yards rushing per game over their last three games. So I think they're really doing well. And this just seems like, to me, the Colts are a clearly better team. I get that they're on the road. And I realize that they nearly lost last week against the Broncos. But first, the Broncos are not nearly as bad as their record indicates. They could easily have won three of the games that they lost. But it was really just a weird game. The Colts are rarely penalized and I think they might have gotten hit with 10 penalties last week it it was crazy I'm basically throwing it out you add to that the fact that the Steelers are on a short week and as I said they're banged up especially at running back it's hard for me to steal to see the Steelers coming out ahead of this one so give me the Colts laying one love this absolutely love it you know I've you've sniped this for me you got it you snuck it in before I could take it look the Colts' offensive line is going to be good enough to neutralize the Steelers' pass rush, which is phenomenal. First in DVOA, fourth on pro football focus. Jacoby Brissett is going to have enough time to operate in this offense. And traditionally, the Steelers tend to be more of a zone team. Now, they've tried to change that uh, this year, right, by bringing in Minka Fitzpatrick and drafting a linebacker early so that they could play more man concept. But I still think that Brissett's going to be able to stand back there and make the correct read in this game. And on the other side of the ball, Mason Rudolph is horrendous. Getting great protection on Monday night. He, he's just... The first interception 
He had a beautiful pocket. He sat back there and patted the ball for several seconds before making the worst decision possible and handing the ball to the Dolphins. You can do that against a historically bad team and get away with a victory, and they damn near covered 14 uh, in the process as well. But you can't do that against a good football team, and that's what the Colts are. And beyond all of this, this is one of the largest coaching mismatches you'll see this weekend, Mike Tomlin against Frank Reich. Frank Reich was the architect of everything that the Eagles did, and he's taken a Colts roster and elevated it to a point where it should not be post-Andrew Luck. So, yeah, the the Colts, this will steam up closer to three. I don't think it'll ever get to the key number of three, but if you like the Colts in this spot, you should take them as soon as possible. So, you know, you make that point, but why hasn't it moved yet? I mean, it was basically, I mean, I think it was a pick em, um, maybe the look-ahead line when it first came out, but it hasn't moved significantly. You think there's going to be a ton of sharp, because it makes me nervous when I look at a line like this. I'm like, no, 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 this is incorrect. And it's not moving significantly. I mean, the the number, I'm looking just sort of at the amount of money that's being put on it. And, you know, the number of bets, the, the money being put on it is essentially less in terms of percentages than the number of bets. So, you know, are we missing something here? Is Because I, I, I really would have expected this to move by now. I definitely love the way you're thinking about this, right? If something seems too good to be true, it probably isn't. One game that's like that this week is we haven't touched upon is the uh, Packers Chargers, right? Like you're right. staring at that number and you're like, why aren't the Packers like minus six? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And why isn't it steaming tremendously in that direction? So I definitely understand those concerns, but I, I think when you're working with numbers between the field goals, right? Yeah. And again, I don't think this number will ever get to three. I think eventually it'll creep up as they try to get more money on right. Steelers to balance the books a little bit. I think our concerns uh, can be levied a little bit uh, because it's it's not near a key number. It won't reach a key number. Uh, I I think as long as it doesn't steam through pick right, then sure. I then I think you know alarm bells should be going up. But right now I think we're okay. All right, that I think that that's fine. And again, that is the obvious point when you're not going through the key numbers. It doesn't really matter if it's plus one, if it's plus two. It's a, kind of irrelevant at this point. It just seems to me that you know. <laughs> I would want to hammer this number right now at, at plus one. So I, I, I would feel like, you know, or at uh, minus one. So I feel like in the end, I, I'm just surprised that they're leaving it there and that they aren't getting quite as much money at this point. But again, we'll see. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm certainly confident enough in it to pick it now. All right. So let's recap here. Rich, you're going to take the Redskins getting 10 uh, from the Bills, the Bears getting five from the Eagles, and the Raiders laying two to the Lions. I'm going to take the Jets and Dolphins over 41 and a half, the Colts laying one to the Steelers, and the Eagles Bears under 42. Before we move on, let's talk about BetMGM. All right, BetMGM is our sponsor, so you hear me tell you about them a lot. But I think last week probably showed you why you need to pay attention. Because when you download the BetMGM sports app and you sign up for an account using our promo code Harris, more often than not, you get a bunch of crazy offers that is essentially free money. Like last week, when new users signed up for an account and bet just $1 on Aaron Rodgers to throw a touchdown pass on Sunday night against the Chiefs, and when he did, they won $100. Or two weeks ago, when you bet $1 on the 49ers to win on the money line against the Redskins, and when they did, you won $100. And wouldn't you know it, they've got another one this week. This is the best one yet. I'm, I'm not even kidding. Do you think that the Patriots are going to beat the Ravens this weekend? I mean, maybe, maybe not. But do you think the Patriots are going to score even a single point against the Ravens? 
If so, that's great, because you're about to win $100. Here's how it works. You know the first part. Download the BetMGM Sports app. Create an account. Use our promo code HARRIS. Then place a $1 bet on the Patriots to beat the Ravens on the money line. And if the Pats score even a single point, you win $100 in free bets regardless of the final score. Every single one of these offers is free money. Every one. Brady has been shut out twice in his entire career, which as a Jets fan, both Rich and I can regrettably say has lasted forever. And even if by some act of nature, one of these bets does not win, then you've lost a dollar. What's the big deal? So download the app, use our promo code Harris, and throw a party after the Patriots' first point on Sunday. You must be 21 years or older, and although you can sign up and easily deposit money anywhere, you must be in the state of New Jersey to place a sports bet. Visit BetMGM.com for the full list of terms and conditions. And if you've got a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, Rich, let's move on to It's a Trap, where we list the line that we are avoiding. Go ahead and start us off. Oh, man. Just talking about this team gives me eczema. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, I talked about yo-yos earlier with regards to the Philadelphia Eagles, but the Bucs, you never know when you're going to get the good Jameis or the bad Jameis, and he's been a player that whenever I've got him or whenever I'm fading him, it seems to me that it's just the exact opposite is going to happen. And from a pure numbers standpoint, analyzing this game, looking how poor Seattle has been at home. They failed to cover in four games. That week one game against the Bengals, the Bengals are one of the worst teams in football, and somehow they stuck with them at CenturyLink. The Hawks secondary is no longer the Legion of Boom. You should for sure be taking this six and a half or six, whatever number you're getting. Uh, Classic tickets are on the Seahawks, 60% clip. Money is on the Bucks, 68% clip. Everything is telling you, take Tampa Bay, but I can't do it. I can't I can't go near the Bucks, man. So that is why I'm staying away. I, first of all, I was legitimately about to say you have completely misunderstood the point of this uh, exercise because everything you were saying, I thought you were going to come up and be like, you got to take the Bucks. That's, nope, I'm avoiding the same. I was like, no, you can't. That's not what we do in this <laughs> section. Um, so I, I've done this show i don't know how many shows we've done at this point 30 40 whatever it is and almost every show i say yeah i'm not i'm staying away from whatever the bucks when the bucks played the titans it was perfect because those are two teams that i essentially like i don't know i don't i I don't know i'm i'm not going anywhere near them i agree this line looks pretty nice it looks good for the bucks but no you can't ever trust Jameis winston you can't trust anything that they're doing whatsoever i mean i'm completely in agreement with you on this one because you just don't know which one is going to shut up, show up. So you, you know what you do with the Bucks? You just bet weird adjusted lines. Like bet Hawks minus twenty and Bucks minus seven. Like those are those were what you should be betting in this game because they are they just have all these outlier outcomes every single game. You don't know what direction it's going to be, but it's certainly going to be some sort of outlier. You are a genius. I love that strategy. But in the meantime, do not take anything on the Bucks getting six in this game. As for me, I am going to avoid the Pats laying three to the Ravens. Now, this line has been steadily moving towards the Ravens all week. I completely get why. 
The Patriots offense does not look dominant. The Ravens are at home in prime time off a bye where John Harbaugh is great at getting his team going. And the thing is, when I look at the game, especially with Hollywood Brown looking likely to play here, I do think it favors the Ravens, or at least it did when they were getting more than a field goal. But I kind of think the Patriots blow up all narratives and expectations at this point. The defense is legitimate. And when you have a quarterback like Lamar Jackson's primary weapon is his legs, I just think that that is something that Bill Belichick can find a way to scheme around. So first, I think that all the value has kind of been sucked away now that the line is down to an even field goal. But even if I did see value, I would stay away because I just don't see how you can possibly bet against the Patriots giving anything within four points at this point, given that they've... There's just been so much value the last couple of weeks. You know, when you looked at the Jets and you looked at the Browns and those spreads and there was so much value and sharp betters have been all over those plays and the Patriots have still covered. So for me, I, I understand why there's a lot of sharp money coming in on the Ravens. It was that I liked them at four, but I still would not have bet them almost, you know, it, it's sort of the opposite with Winston. You don't know what you're going to get with Winston. I know what I'm going to get with the Patriots and it scares the bejeebus out of me and I just don't feel comfortable betting against them. So I'm avoiding the Patriots laying three to the Ravens. Every week people tell me this is the spot. This is the spot to fade the Patriots. Last week we were doing our super contest show. Brett Colson, Mo Nuara. This is absolutely the spot to take the Browns and fade the Patriots. But spoiler alert, it's never the spot to fade the Patriots, they get some weird muffed punt or some weird uh, last week. Nick Chubb, a lineman, karate kicks the ball out of his hands and it turns into a Patriots defensive score. These things are almost predictive now for the New England Patriots. And it's just never the spot to fade them, even as all the money poured in on Cleveland last week. And that number steamed through the key number of yep. 10 and down to nine. It did not matter you don't make money fading bill belichick you never have you never will and like the bucks the patriots are the ultimate stay away from me unless i'm betting on them because i'm just done with fading the pats at all costs and as someone who did take the browns getting 13 in the super contest uh this past week i completely agree with that you just can't at this point anymore you i mean you always walk away you always walk away thinking that you were on the right side uh, of yeah. course i was on the right and Look again that's, it doesn't things. it doesn't mean it's a bad bet when you lose right of, of course that's not really what you're you're necessarily doing just because you lose it doesn't necessarily make it a bad bet and i'm sure the sharp betters aren't gonna be like man why was i doing that you know what i mean that's not the way it works um but still no run far away completely from anything involving the Patriots at the moment. All right, so you're avoiding the Bucks getting six from the Seahawks. I'm avoiding the Ravens getting three from the Patriots. Before we get into our final segment, remember, we've got a signed Odell Beckham Jr. helmet giveaway contest going on. Get more details over at bettingpros.com slash contest. But to be entered, just leave a review for the show on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com. And the Odell Beckham Jr. helmet comes from our friends over at Pristine Auction, where they have a ton of incredible stuff to bid on and hundreds of auctions daily. Check them out over at P-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-Auction.com. And if you sign up using our registration code BETTINGPROS, you get a free $5 voucher. All right, Rich, time for Top Prop, where we list our top player prop of the week. Start us off. Well, you caught me with my pants down before we started the show. I, I forgot about this, but while we were recording here. I initially had a prop in there, which was a little bit wild. I had Mitch Trubisky over passing yards 250. 
decent value at plus 111, and it correlates if you like Bears plus 5. But I'm going to pivot to a game that actually you just selected, and that's Patriots-Ravens. And Bill Belichick, his method is always to kill the snake, you take off the head. And in this case, it would be Lamar Jackson. I'm going to take the under on 59.5 rushing yards from Lamar Jackson. That is a suspiciously low number, and I do believe that in these scenarios where you have very low outlier-type prop lines, even totals as well, that you usually want to go on the side that it's on. In this case, it's low, so your mind is saying take the over, but I, in fact, would uh, take the under. That's what the Patriots are going to focus on in this game, right? They're going to make Lamar Jackson throw against the secondary. They're going to build a wall with their front seven, not allow him to get out and scamper. You look at the way they defended Le'Veon Bell historically. Le'Veon likes to take those two steps and then stop and then read the zone blocking scheme and then go from there. Well, if you watch how the Patriots defended him historically, they don't get up the field on Le'Veon. They don't fire into their gaps and then react to him. They kind of just stand up and hold their positions and then fall into the zone wherever he's running. So if you if you watch, Le'Veon never got tackled for loss a lot against the Patriots because they didn't want to get upfield. Rather, they would stop him, you know, two yards down the field, three yards, and make him ineffective in that fashion. And I think... I don't care that John Harbaugh had an extra week to prepare for this, for this game. I think Bill Belichick is somebody who's been scheming for Lamar Jackson the entire season, knowing how important this game will be and how important their future playoff game might be. So with all that being said, give me the under on 59 and a half rushing yards for Lamar Jackson. I really, really like it um, for the reasons that you're saying. I mean, you know that Belichick's going to be like, if we're going to get beat by Lamar Jackson throwing the ball, I will live with that. Um, but he's going to take away what they do best. That's what he does every single time my only concern with it is that I think with a guy like Jackson who basically can have a broken play and somehow find a way to scamper for a big number you know what I mean and I I take a lot of QB rushing props I I don't know why like I always see when I do my projections which I do a lot especially for uh, fantasy football I, I if I find a number that I think is just drastically different than what I'm getting on the prop which I do often I will take them but it's scary with a guy like Jackson because again he they can hold him totally in check it's like when you would bet against Tyreek Hill ever right like you can hold him totally in check and then there's one play that's just going to go off despite the fact that they've schemed so well so that would be my only worry for it but I agree it seems like a low number but I do like it because you know that's exactly what they're going to do for sure. It puts the fear of God of me seeing his rushing totals so far this year. 116, 152, 70, 66, right. 46, and 120. Like, of course, you know, this is this is why, speaking of fantasy, Lamar has so much value. He's got the Konami code. He gets those one point for 10 yards rushing. But I just trust in the GOAT, and that is Bill Belichick to keep him contained. I can't blame you. I, as I said, I'm going to get a little bolder. Uh, on this one since I've been hitting a bunch I'm gonna I'm gonna try to ride the wave here and look you and I talked about that Jets Dolphins game and why I like the over and one of the things I think is going to happen is that a couple of Jets playmakers are going to have big games and one of them is going to be Robbie Anderson who is going to go over 125 receiving yards and the odds are plus 425 so let's make that clear this is not something that I'm necessarily expecting to happen he has done it 
twice in his entire career. So this is certainly something where the only reason to take it is because you are getting more than four to one on your money. But again, the Jets offense, this is, you know, to the extent the Jets offense can quote unquote get right, this is what they're going to do here without Xavier Howard, it's going to be, there's nobody who's really going to be able to hang with him. You saw against the Cowboys, you know, I think it was a 92 yard touchdown catch. Um, they, he can have an explosive play at any given time. They do have chemistry, uh, which they showed last year. And this is completely anecdotal. So it really doesn't matter. But, you know, there were all these trade rumors and you expected him to go. And, you know, you have the trade rumors with someone like Jamal Adams, who doesn't get traded and is now really angry really angry at being dangled. After the trade deadline passed, Robbie Anderson put out a great tweet where he took the scene from The Wolf of Wall Street where Leonardo DiCaprio is basically saying, I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going. Like a very sort of adamant thing. And the Jets liked it, you know, on the Jets Twitter feed, liked it. I just feel like this is something where, you know, a guy like Adams, you might get a little worried about how he's going to react to this. Robbie, I don't think so. Robbie strikes me as the type of guy who's going to want to say, that's right. You held me. You did the right thing here. I think this is just going to be a smash spot for Le'Veon Bell. I think it's going to be a smash spot for Robbie Anderson. So 125 is a big number. As I said, he's only done it twice. But at plus 425, that's that's a number that's value enough for me to go with it. So I'll take Anderson over 125 receiving yards against the Dolphins. I love the narrative take. Let me pile on. Robbie Anderson's a South Florida guy. Went to South Plantation High, right in Broward County. So he's a homecoming for him. He'll have family at the game. He'll want to show out. Let's go. This is, you know what this is? This is so funny. We're two just miserable Jets fans. And despite everything we've seen this season, we are somehow optimistic about I mean, to be fair, they're playing they're playing a historically terrible team that that has no interest in winning. And even if the Dolphins get out ahead, they stop playing in the second half. I mean, that that is what it is. They'll just be like, shoot, we're winning. We got to find a way to to screw this all up. And so, you know, there'll there'll be something. But I agree. This is the most optimistic take uh, on on the Jets (laughs) for two Jets fans that have probably ever been in the history of any sports betting show. So. Uh, hopefully we'll be right for this one, but um, you know we've got a long way to go before we're uh, going to be really happy watching our team. Well, thanks for joining me today, Rich. Uh, remind everyone where they can find more of you and your work. Yeah, you can check us out on Twitter at Gridiron Gamble, the Gridiron Gamble podcast. Every week we put together a super contest card amongst the four of us. You can download the pod, listen on any podcast platforms, iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, what have you. We come out every Thursday and every Tuesday morning, so check us out and uh, tell us if you are super brave and crazy. How about that? (laughs) All right. Thanks again for coming on the show, Rich. Hope we can do it at least one more time before the end of the season. Absolutely. We'd love to. I want to remind everyone about BetMGM, where you can basically win $100 if the Patriots score a point against the Ravens if you sign up using our promo code Harris when you download the BetMGM Sports app. And don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher and send a screenshot of that review to contest at bettingpros.com to be entered into our Odell Beckham Jr. signed helmet giveaway. Good luck with your wagers this weekend. We'll be back breaking down the early lines for Week 10 on Monday.